Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape our community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. We'll start with the conflict in Israel and Palestine that has escalated in recent weeks. It has weighed heavily on many around the world, including those with Wisconsin ties. Today, WUWM's Mayan Silver shares the stories of two people who lost relatives in the conflict. One Jewish woman with Milwaukee connections lost her niece to the Hamas terror attacks in the south of Israel. And one Milwaukee man lost his sister to Israeli missile attacks in the Palestinian territory of Gaza. Milwaukeean Mohammed Hamad was the central speaker in an event Friday night organized by the Islamic Society of Milwaukee called Standing Up for Gaza. It was an honor Hamad wished never happened. About a week ago, his 66-year-old sister Fahima Jamil Hamad was killed by Israeli missile attacks in Gaza. The last five days, it's like a nightmare. You want to wake and you want to disbelieve in what you hear. It's very difficult when you lose a very close sister or a brother. I know our loss in Gaza huge. I wish I can speak in behalf of every one of them, but I'm going to share just only one story about my sister, which is encompass most of the story of the people in Gaza. With tears, Hamad shared memories of his sister. Last year, I was with her. I spent around 70 days in the area north of Gaza. She was so thrilled to see me. I had been in this country the last 23 years. She was singing and dancing as soon as she saw me. He recalls that the next day she cooked him the most beautiful food. I cannot imagine how much, you know, the whole night spent to prepare it to make sure her brother, who had been the last 23 years living in this country, enjoying a traditional Palestinian meal. Last Friday, it was the last time you know, we contact here. She was so happy. It was in you know, a wedding of my niece. My brother told me she, we were thrilled, you know, to see her, the happiness, how she dressed. And they were teasing her, you are like a bride now, shining in her face. She went through a lot, my sister. The last 17 years, when Gaza went under the siege, Two of her houses has been demolished. In 2019, we were able, she was able to move to the new house. She was so happy. Finally, she settled. She's 66 years old. She had settled with her three kids and five grandchildren. Hamad said when the latest attack started, his sister moved to a camp seven kilometers from her house. 
He says she was fasting on Monday and went to the market to prepare to break her fast. That's when she was hit by an Israeli airstrike. They couldn't identify her body except from her purse. They found her name. It is very difficult to me until now to imagine what she went through at the last moment. How horrified the situation for her and for other people. 56 people died in that same moment. Hamad says his sister was a speech therapist who treated hundreds of kids who went through trauma. He said she's a beautiful soul and he will never forget her. Hamad's story is just one example of the devastation caused by the latest strife between Israel and Hamas. President Joe Biden has pledged support to Israel in its retaliation against the Hamas attacks, which killed 1,300 people and left around 150 Israelis hostage in Gaza. The Congressional Progressive Caucus, which includes Wisconsin's Mark Pocan, has written a letter to Biden asking him to push Israel to follow international law and for the U.S. to establish an international corridor for Palestinians displaced by the conflict in Gaza. In Milwaukee, speakers at Friday's Standing Up for Gaza event called for immediate de-escalation and ceasefire. Milwaukee attorney Munjed Ahmad was one of those speakers. He said the root cause of the violence is, quote, 75 years of colonial settler terrorism, referring to Israel's takeover of Palestinian lands. And as somebody said earlier, it's when Israel or the people of Israel feel a little pinched that, oh, finally, the world cares about what's going on in that area. Well, you know what? We're human, too. And you know what? We damn well have the right to resist our occupiers. We damn well will continue. <laughs> International law applies to us as well as it applies to everybody else. And we will use it. And don't blame us because you did nothing, nothing to get rid of the root cause of what is happening, which is the occupation. But some Jews want to know what that means to ask for Palestine to be free from the river to the sea or to end occupation since 1948 when the state of Israel was founded. They want to know if the message is to extinguish Israel altogether. There's one Jewish country in the world and Jews have been there continuously since the days of the Bible and are deeply connected to it. And there are plenty of people who want to dismiss all that. That's Ilana Khan. Before she moved to Chicago a few years ago, Khan spent decades being active in Milwaukee's Jewish community. She was director of the Jewish Community Relations Council of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation, served on the executive committee of the Interfaith Conference of Greater Milwaukee, and was the editor of the Wisconsin Jewish Chronicle. I mean, I feel like I have spent my adult life trying to sort out how we make peace with each other and how we live with each other and how we build, um, how we expand our ability to empathize with people who are different than us. And I've spent time in East Jerusalem and in the West Bank trying to listen and understand and make space in my heart. And it's so painful. It's so painful. It would be so much easier to only care about my own people 
And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just scared about what's going to happen here as well as there. On October 7th, Khan received a terrifying message from her daughter, who was attending university in Israel. I woke up for whatever reason at 3.30 in the morning and saw that I had a text from my ex-husband and a text from my daughter. Um, and my daughter said, we're at war. And so um, I spent the day worrying and trying to be in touch with her. And my daughter was in Jerusalem at the time. During the day, Khan learned that her daughter and sister-in-law in Israel were safe. But there was one relative she hadn't heard from. Her niece, Stav, who lived in a kibbutz just north of Gaza with her boyfriend, Dvir, and his two kids. Dvir had been texting with his ex-wife, the mother of his kids, during the attack. And then he went quiet. And then one of the children took his phone, obviously, and said, um, Mommy, Abba's been murdered. Stav also. Abba's father. Dad's been, Dad's been murdered. Stav also. Help. They were in their shelter, and terrorists came in, and Dvir was his name, the father, her boyfriend, and he tried to protect the children with his body, and he was killed. And then Stav tried to protect the children, and I guess tried to fight them off, and she was killed. And then they, for whatever reason, took mercy on the children and covered them with a blanket and took a lipstick and wrote on the mirror, um, the fighters of Al-Qasim don't murder little children. And of course, we know that in other places they did murder little children, but these children were spared and they spent um, some hours there until one of the neighbors came and got them. She says the loss has been devastating. I've been, um, like a lot of us, like a lot of us in the community, whether we know somebody individually, you know, personally or not, but just sick with worry, just sick, just sick. And not sleeping very well, of course. Khan says her niece was four days short of her 34th birthday. She says she's also terrified about the viciousness of the discourse on the Israel-Palestine conflict, online and in the community. About what feels like so many people's inability to see humanity, to recognize humanity, of Israelis and Jews. And I'm really worried about the heating up of our, of, in our communities. You know, we, we don't get to control what happens over there. We can sit and worry. I can have a knot in my stomach all day long. But she says we do control how we treat our neighbors. Khan says she hopes amid the conflict and vitriol, people can take a step back and recognize each other's humanity. Both Khan's niece and Hamad's sister would have wanted it that way. For Lake Effect, I'm Ayan Silver. That was WUWM's Mayan Silver reporting on how the conflict in Israel and Palestine has directly affected some in Wisconsin. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.